Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a special bestie of the pod who hasn't been on in a while, and I'm a little upset about that. It's Jason Kerr, everyone. I've been so busy. Hi. You've been booked and blessed. <laughs> it's been hard to nail the time down. How dare you be booked and blessed? I know, I know. But, you know, a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. Yes. And... Today, we're here today to talk about the Live from Lincoln Center, Season 40, Episode 1, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, in concert yes. with the New York Philharmonic. The best. Is, you were just coming on with longer and longer titles. Hey, I'm a size queen. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great, because the, the last time you were on, we did Candide from mm-hmm. Lincoln Center, so now yes. we're doing... So, um, this is a little later in time. This is like 10 years after Candide. It, yeah, yeah. I remember when this was filmed. Um, actually, fun fact, Audra didn't do all of the performances. What? No, because um, Audra was doing Lady Day at, like around the same time. Oh. But I don't know if, if it was like, I don't know if she, like how that worked out because Lonnie also directed Lady Day. I remember I talked to him. I talked to him about it really quickly because it was a it was a crossover and like and it was during it was during tech and I remember being like, "Did you guys just do Sweeney?" And he and we talked about like how close it was and like they filmed it and and whatever. But it was super close. It, it was the same time. Like I was watching it and I, was, and I actually saw like little Billyisms that she that she oh. that she just because it's in your body. Like it's it's whatever. But it's like it's in there. Yeah, it's interesting. So, so the book is by Hugh Wheeler, music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim, as we know. The God, uh, God, God. Directed by Lonnie Price, as you said. <laughs> the episode, so this is an episode, but I don't know when it actually ran. Um, but the episode came out September 26, 2014. And according to IMDb, Stephen Sondheim's classic musical of revenge, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, takes the stage in concert live from the lincoln center uh before we get started jason i would like to um dedicate this episode to matt koplick because i finally saw a production of sweeney todd do you see the the one on broadway now no no this is it this is it oh you've never seen it before i've only seen so i've only seen the tim burton movie and i've seen clips how tragic but i got i mean Tim Burton movie at least got me intrigued. I'm, I did want to okay. see it, but right. I'm not. I'm not interested in this one. Um, in the concert version? No, 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 no. Sorry the oh. new, the recent the recent revival. It's very good. Broadway. It's oh, really? very good. Yeah, it's. I think it's one of my favorite productions of, of Sweeney. See the I, I'm happy I watched this production first because okay. um, what's his name? Because Emma Thompson and... Brent Turfell? Yes. Yeah, Brent Turfell's they, great. They at least look like they are... Of, of the correct. age? Oh, well, they are supposed to be 
Okay. So in the original source material, um, the Christopher Bond uh, um, book, a story that's based off of, play that's based off of, uh, they, they're supposed to be a little older. Time had to have passed um, in order for Joanna to be older and for mm-hmm. them to kind of, everyone to kind of forget who everyone was. And also, I feel like they're supposed to be like, life bitch slapped them in the face. Um, that's not really it. Um, At least the, him. Because he was in prison. He was, he, was, he was exiled, yeah. Um, but the real thing is that they're, we're going through an industrial revolution. And that's the real uh, backdrop of the story. Okay, but it takes I mean, place like during they, the, the Industrial Revolution. I mean, they talk about how poor they are. Um, Mrs. Levitt talks about, you know, she's so de- she's desperate for, for money and for, for business. Money. Yeah, it's no different than what we're going through right now with with the onset of of AI. Um, people are losing certain things, and um, I mean, we're, we are we're, we're we've been going through Industrial Revolution for a few years now. Very, very true. It's very it's it's actually incredibly similar to what we're having going through. Um, so that's but, that's that's. But it is. I have to say, Bryn Turfall like is terrifying. Yeah, because um, he doesn't move. He's he's like very stoic. He's very stoic, and it. I had to look him up because he. I, I didn't know him by name, so he's an opera singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, it's yeah. and I like. He's a that, Wagner, he's a Wagnerian singer. But I like that at least he's an opera singer who can act. Mo- I, I I have to say I. You've worked at the Met for long enough, too. Right, like, but like... I, I, I think I, I also grew up thinking that opera singers couldn't act. And then the more time I spend at the Met, like, I've had conversations with, with the actors in, about, the, about the acting in, like, backstage. And, and so they're, 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 they're all actors because they have well, to then, uh, express the text well, so and the music. Emma Thompson stole the show because, obviously, she's Emma Thompson. She's... Uh, Love It is, like, this weird serious comedic role and she, and at least emma thompson knew when to do that sweetie could be like taken however you want to take it but when they got to a little priest the like i saw the two of them have fun that's all that's what the number should be but the like you know a, a hoot and a hoot and a half I, it, I feel like though do, to do something that silly like mm-hmm. you can you i feel like it can go wrong really fast well it's the thing the the thing about that number it's really tied into it's so integrated into the script um because the 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 trick of mrs lovett is that she is actually I i was watching it this time uh this came to me that she is living in a man's world and she has to play by men's rules and I feel like she has learned yes. to to do that, and so and and you can it's really it's really great to see how the Mrs. Lovett's um, handle the lies because Mrs. Lovett is so quick mm-hmm. with the lies. Like when she walk when she walks to the, when he walks to their shop, of course she recognizes him. Like she recognizes him right away, and then and and then she covers it up in like two stanzas <laughs> of that that her her surprise. Uh, so. The Mrs. So so for the little priest comes around and she's able to show how fucking clever she is by all this work. She drives the entire piece. Whenever yes. I, whenever I do whenever I do a little priest, it's so actually. Well, I'm like I'll tell you I'll tell you off the mic. Um, I whenever I do a little priest, it's it's so easy to do because Mrs. Lovett has all the she gives you everything. 
She's the stronger role in this show than I think the, was in the in the Tim Burton movie. Yeah, wh- what they didn't do in the movie, it's so good when you when you deal with it. In my when I saw that when I saw this the production that's on Broadway now, it felt like it felt like a chamber piece. It felt like you're really just focusing on these on um, Mrs. Lovett, Sweeney, the judge, um, the Beatle, Beatle, Joanna, and and Anthony. Um, and like, if you can, if, and that's what, that's all it is. Like, I didn't notice that I watched it in this production as well. The relationship between Mrs. Lovett and the Beatle. Um, it's fun, it, a, another fun thing to see how people deal with the history. Cause what I, what I, I think people don't realize is Mrs. I, I don't think Mrs. Lovett is telling the truth about anything. Um, I don't think she comes clean about most things that she knows. Um, because, she knows a lot of detail of what happened at the party. She does. She knows. She knows that. Um, what's the wife's name? Lucy. Lucy. Yeah. She knows that Lucy is still alive. Yes. And even at the end, when she's like, "I never lied to you. I said yeah. she took the poison. Yeah. I never said that she died. Exactly. So. I think that she because there's a there's an interesting play. Uh, 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 with the beetle, uh, I didn't notice that she was cringing when he was playing the harmonium over her. Um, with, did you notice that? Oh my god, he was—he's such a little creep. I love—I love Jeff Blumenkrantz. He's so good. Is, uh, is Jeff Blumenkrantz one of Lonnie Price's actors? He is, but he, Jeff has been on Broadway forever. I mean, well, the only know, reason why yeah. I ask that is because he was in Candide. Yes, there were a couple other chorus people that I noticed that were in the last that were in Candide as well. Um, the woman who played the um, the mother who was getting her corset pulled in in Candide, uh, mm-hmm. Paquette's mother, Paquette's mother. Yeah. Um, and who else? There were some stars in the in the chorus. I didn't well, realize. Well, uh, there was former uh, guest of the pod Zachary James is in this. I, he's so. Oh, does he listen? He's so hot. I I have a huge <laughs> crush on Zachary. Zachary, call me. <laughs> he's a, he's also the the tallest member oh. of the this entire cast. Yeah. So like you can't miss him. <laughs> Like I, I, I sent him a message as soon as it was um, Pirelli's miracle elixir and Toby like rubbed it in his on his scalp. <laughs> I was like, wait a second! I hey, yeah, there are a lot of opera people in the chorus. I noticed a couple of my uh, my Met, Met people uh, in the chorus, uh, and Jill Ambronovich is that how you say your last name? Uh, I think, uh, and Eddie Corbeck. Who's uh, there in the chorus? Yeah, Eddie Corbett is in the cor- in the course, just hanging out. <laughs> I'm like, you're a fucking legend. <laughs> um, but do should we talk about the beginning? Let's talk about the beginning. Oh my god, the best! Like it's true, uh, 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 Lonnie Price fashion to to do something this crazy. Because okay, so it's called. It said that it's in concert with the New York Philharmonic. Yes. So it starts out with. Everyone all dressed in concert attire, um, and they stand and they go in front of music stands. And then, at some point during the prelude, they like destroy the set and the fucking costumes. And that this is you sent me that clip and was like, "We got to do this." And I went, "Okay." So <laughs> it's because, so good. Be- and 
So now my question though is that would you still call this a concert version or yes, they... it's it, Candida was the same way. It was just it's just not you know you know having you don't have moving you don't have moving set pieces. You don't have scrims and shit. Well, it felt like this one was a little more of a of a production than Candide was. Really? I I felt that way cuz like I felt like the the way that they're calling it a concert is just to trick the audience. Because you know, you're like it's oh, a concert it's a concert cuz or- the orchestra is they're in the they're with the orchestra. I love what she told the the bass player to to get up to move the seat. Oh my god. <laughs> the I had to I had to make a list of all the things that like the, uh, that they use I, items, especially like musical in, like dealing with musical instruments that yeah. are used for a different purpose. Yeah, they did that in didn't they do that in Candy too? Not really. Not not oh. like the not like using a trombone oh. as the meat grinder. Like yeah. that is yeah that, you're right. They also they did that in the other Sweeney Todd, the uh, Patty Lapone Sweeney Todd. Well. I, I wasn't sure if that was potentially paying homage to that, or I didn't know Maybe. which one happened first. Sweet P- Patty was first. Pat, remember that was her first like ba- like big event back from you know back to theater, and then she, she was on Broadway. Like then she was on Broadway every every season since then. Where she plays the tuba, right? No, that was the um, John Doyle production. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is the, that the concert version of Lonnie Price was Patti LuPone and George Hearn. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I was talking about the the the, the John Doyle production. The John Doyle production. Yeah, because that happened in 2005. So maybe they are paying homage to it. They might. I mean, it's, but it's Lonnie Price. That it's it's what he does. Like when they use the flute case to hold the razors, I lost my. It's mind. good. It's it's good stuff. Involving the, the the Philharmonic is always the best part. That and using an actual seat in, from the house as yeah. the chair. Yeah. Like I said, I've never really seen a production, but I've always heard about the chair because that's the big yeah. techno, te- technological aspect of the show. Yeah, yeah. And I got to say, I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed yeah. everything about this production. Um, I do have I do have some things but we'll oh, she has notes she got she got some notes but that that we'll save that for flats okay. but uh right. you were saying that audra was doing this in and lady uh, day basically this kind of the same around the same time the, if 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 my mind doesn't uh if my memory serves me this was in march of that year okay and then it must february have, march of that year they, they must have filmed it edited it and then released it in yeah September. i we should have called my friend brianna was was audra's um she when audra was off brianna was on the standby or her. the the double she went on because she because what audra didn't do like a couple performances so she did she did she did the show so do you know though so when we did candide that one was just like a limp of super limited like five performance yeah they did that run. like that was like a weekend or something like that but this was a, an actual like uh, uh i think they did like four performances as well oh okay so this was the same the same thing yeah 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 but I, and i also love that they use opera, opera singers i think sweeney demands opera singers um because especially, the score is so textured and it's also tricky especially when you get into like all those choral parts the choral parts are fun the choral, like singing through the score of sweeney is a lot of fun so audra playing the beggar woman uh-huh I want to see her play Love It now. 
she'd be a great lover. But I, wasn't wasn't find interesting to to watch her be the the so scorned different. person on stage because she is so beloved in our like beloved in our community. I wonder what it was like to have like the chorus members like shoo her away and like you know disregard her and shit like that. It's 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 kind of funny. <laughs> So the whole point of like the beggar woman is like, she's working for money, you know, she wants more money and everything and, you know, things get sexual. So whenever she does, well, the, it's because, yeah, because of it, she's reliving her trauma, but also like, you know, she wants more money, you know, you give her, you give her an alm or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, how about this? How about that? How about you touch me? How about I touch you? How about we, we suck each other off or whatever. I, <laughs> I would have been like, here, here's, here's money. I'm gonna make it rain. You're gonna, yeah, come on, Audra. Dirty stuff. Keep singing alms to me. (laughs) Sing City on Fire. Yeah, City on Fire is a bop. (laughs) uh, 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 uh. Have you heard? Actually, have you heard the Sondheim disco album? Yes, I was gonna. I was literally gonna bring that up because I realized that they used a lot of Sweeney from that. Oh yeah, it's a bop. Because I know the. I know, like I like I keep saying, I know the movie version obviously better because yeah. I've seen it more. But yeah. like to hear that the city on fire not be the um oh what did he what did Joshua say that it was like the 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 cunty discoy city on fire ballroomy right yeah 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 but then there's then like. There's something that Anthony sings. I think it's his verse during "Kiss Me," um, or yeah, it's at some point during "Kiss Me" where that's also they use that in the disco album, and I was like, "Oh, hey, I know that. <laughs> I know those lyrics." Yeah, the the disco album is is hot. They they do they do some. Uh, it's so clever. They should do another one. I tried. I tried to convince them to do like alternative andrew lloyd weber so like i'll turn like 90s alt music but with andrew lloyd that, that actually would work listen you know what they should do they should do the songs that they should set the songs that um weber stole from oh. and, put those, and put those yeah my first day of and there's and there's some that are so hidden my first day when I, where I did the Evita tour, um, and I had my first day with the music director, we just had, you know, we're just shooting the shit and talking and getting to know each other. And she's like, oh, yeah, he steals a lot from the score. And he, and he, she played all of these things from this score that, like, he stole from the Beatles and stole from this person. I was like, wow, I didn't know that from, from the Evita score. I know that from the other ones that, you know, he stole the Rossini from, you know, all of Rossini from Phantom of the Opera. Uh, well, and, and then, <laughs> and, and uh, Cats. And then finally, but Katz didn't even isn't even like he didn't even hide it. No, it's the it's the same tune. No, yeah, no, and <laughs> and then don't get me started on Phantom. Don't get me started. I've had numerous discussions about Phantom and how much he stole from other versions of Phantom. Yeah, and his. Um, but speaking of him as well, like and Phantom, like I'm still convinced that. Phantom is a response to this. He was like, "Oh, you can do a horror musical." Ooh, because uh, this yes, came- again, Sondheim did it better. Y- yes, because <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, Sondheim is a fucking genius with this. He's a genius, yeah. Like, if this didn't drive him insane, 
I wonder how out. long it took. I mean, maybe he talks. I have, I have it, I have it open here, just in case we need to reference. It oh, from the the Bible, from finishing the hat. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he talks about how long. I was trying to scan through it and find like something fun to talk about, but we can just talk. Is he so? Because like, I imagine all of the chords and all of the harmonies and everything would have, and the music is intricate too. Yeah. And he wrote all of that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he must. I don't know how he did this. He's a genius. Fucking genius. <laughs> And yeah. also, um, so Emma Thompson in this. Okay, question for you. Mm-hmm. Well, your opinion, not because you probably don't know the answer to it. So, in this production, when Sweeney kills somebody, he mm-hmm. he or some or somehow there's a handprint on yeah. their neck, face, whatever, with, covered yeah. in stage blood. Now, Emma Thompson's the only one in red in this whole goddamn production yeah. everyone else is in black and white with red yeah. uh accent handprint accents mm-hmm. is she in a red dress because she gets burned alive maybe maybe it sets her apart she's different i i know it sets her apart and like joanna's in a all white dress which by the way when turpin was like that uh, white muslin gown white muslin gown and like basically licked his lips and i was all creepy pedophile <laughs> sexual i was like gross ew gross um yeah. but i was just one because you know me i'm gonna look at the costumes and i was like well i know it sets her apart but is it also supposed to like be a foreshadowing tool for her death i think it's more um uh hearkening to like the old like standard of purity and you know i, I think no, she's no, playing, uh, uh love it i mean oh love, love See, it's ask, ask, ask me ask me again i'm sorry so with love it's red dress i i know it's supposed to stand make her stand oh, out and for, it's foreshadowing is, it, is it a foreshadowing of her maybe because like she's the only i mean obviously he throws her that was so cool how they did right? that they, yeah i love that they turned this into like an immersive show like yeah. they she yeah. They had that plant, I'm assuming it's a plant, where um, Lovett steals that first stole from somebody. She just steals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from she's, a, she's a thief. She's a, she's, a, she's a common criminal, Mrs. Lovett. She but... steals the baton from the conductor. <laughs> a common criminal. Like, that seems to be another staple of Lonnie Price's direction, is that he utilizes everyone yeah and i would love to see Lana price do like some sort of immerse immerse immersive theater well, he oh by did the way i just heard this. i just heard some interesting uh news someone was saying that they're bringing phantom of the opera back as an immersive experience i don't no, know no i don't know no. what you're gonna you're gonna ride the chandelier <laughs> come one come all ride the chandelier <laughs> only only 100 bucks 160 bucks get you a ride 300 to ride on top <laughs> it's like the tower of terror <laughs> oh my god stop <laughs> so let's get let's get more into love it because i have i have more questions about her I'm I'm sorry to keep comparing this to the movie, but that's the only frame of reference I have. Yeah. And like I know different actors have different interpretations of it, but at least in 
the movie, it felt like uh, Helena Bonham Carter as Lovett was in love with Sweeney. Oh, 100%. From the that's jump. The, that's but the I didn't really, to, yeah. I didn't feel that with this one. Really? It's, no, I think she was more into like that business savvy, like, gotta make a buck. It's a cover up. If you if you watch her closely, watch her reactions to him. She 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 is she is doing it. Like uh, Annalie Ashford is actually doing it a little bit more. Okay. Uh, which I find very interesting because she she's doing it for us. It's just, I, I, actually almost all of those reactions are downstage of of Sweeney, which I think is very, is very clever of her. Or it's Tom, Tommy Kale's a, a really great director. Interesting. Okay. Or Tommy Kale's assistants are a great. <laughs> No, Tommy Kill is a great director. I'm not, I'll never take that from him. I lo- I've, I've, I've watched him for many, many years. I think he's, I think he's wonderful. Um, I, I just wasn't sure because all of a sudden, towards the end, when she's like, "I love you," I feel like, I feel like for at least Emma Thompson's performance of it, it's more of a progression. Where with the Helena Bonham Carter, it was like immediate. Yeah, it's it's it is there the whole time. They, they've known each other um when i when i talked to michael service about this um about sweeney and this is love's relationship and and he he's, he said it's a the way sondheim describes it god i wish i had my notes um i know <laughs> <laughs> you um, knew this was him? happening should we, yeah. give him, should we give him a call call uh, him i know you have his number <laughs> you know what um, fuck it call audra and be like so Emma Thompson. <laughs> I don't have Audra's. I don't have Audra's number. She never How gave it to me. How dare you! I know she never gave it to me. Uh, <laughs> probably for good reason. <laughs> you would. You would be the one who would call her at three and be like, "So who are you in love with?" But let's so talk about Audra, some I was, boys. <laughs> Audra, I was just like dreaming about you. I want to know if you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Using a, a corded phone and twirling your finger in the cord. Come on. <laughs> So how you doing? <laughs> how are the kids? How how are your how are your seven thousand Tonys? Oh, oh yeah, and we have to know. I actually I thought about this while I was watching this. When we saw this, Audra only had five Tonys. <laughs> only, <laughs> <laughs> only five. <laughs> I love watching. When I watch like old Audra clips. I'm like, Audra had like two Tonys when she did this. Oh, she's one. <laughs> we've never we've never really known Audra with no Tonys. Because um, her, her Broadway debut gave her a Tony. But but if you watch Carousel, you're like, I can see the... How many does she have now? Seven? Six. Twelve? Six. Six. You're like, I see you're, you're going to win the six Tonys in your future. <laughs> She's so damn good. She's so, so brilliant. Good. But in, in... So in this one, too, I'm like... this. I'm used to seeing her kind of like a little more glamorous... Like, you yeah. know, I'm, I mean, I know Porky and Bess isn't that much that glamorous of a show, but like. She had a scar on that one. But like, she's a little more put together. Like, Beggar Woman, and I don't mean to, I don't mean physically when I say this, Beggar Woman is an ugly character. Like, you have to, like. Get uh, it depends in... on how you play, it depends on how you direct it. Uh, the, this production, the, um, the, the Tom McHale production, um, she's wearing her her, and I think you can maybe you can you can say she's doing it in this that she's wearing the party dress that she had on the night that she was raped. Well, but I mean, like, it's it's not like an ingenuity. Like, it, it's written to be like gritty, a, a crone in a way. 
Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. you know, it's not it's not the lead. Um, it's it, it it it's a it's an important character, but it's not like the yeah. character, you know. So for to see Audra do this, I was just like, oh, this is like a different side. Like this is a. I feel like she was have she also was having fun at moments. Of course. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think just working with Lonnie. I think there's those people. People love working with Lonnie Price. And again, I would love to to do something of his. I I think he's a great mind, and I think he's very creative and collab. I, I feel like he's collaborative. Um, and I, I and know. again, I've not talked to anybody about it. <laughs> I would I would love to see Audra do love it. Like I feel like it's time. Maybe she, maybe we'll get that one day. Well, because so Lovett's in Audra's range, yes, vocally. Because is is Lovett more she like could, a, she could she could do it? Um, mm, I mean, it's, it's low. It's a little lower, but like she could still do it. She she's fucking Audra McDonald. It's character. It's character. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and people. I know people get very particular. I I, I think I think I said it on this podcast, uh, but people would leave Lady Day. And they're like, "Oh, Audra isn't singing the way that, she, that I, I want. I want her to sing." And so they left. I'm like, "You? She won a Tony for this, you idiot!" And it's <laughs> and she is not Billie Holiday. She is Audra McDonald playing yeah, Billie playing Holiday. Billie Holiday. <laughs> I'm like, "You spent 175 bucks to to walk out? You're a fucking idiot, morons." Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then. But not to like knock Emma Thompson's performance or anything. It's just like I, I, I was like, okay, I see you play the beggar woman, Audra. Now I want to see you play in a future I, production, not in this I one. Want, I no. want Audra to be uh, Mama Rose. Oh my God! Yes, I would love to. See. There are two Mama Roses I want to see. I want to see Audra's Mama Rose. I want to see oh, actually three. I want to see Audra's Mama Rose. I want to see Adrian Lennox's Mama Rose. And I want to see Tanya Pinkins' Mama Rose. Okay. <laughs> okay. Those got, are three Mama Roses that I want in my we got, lifetime. We got a we got a three year gypsy contract right there. That's yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like for for this production, Emma Thompson, like there were moments where she was she was being too caricature-y, but it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Where's that one moment where she's like doing sl- like there's so mo- so many moments that she's doing slapstick? Yeah, she's doing bits. The the when she when 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 Anthony is in the uh, in the par- in the parlor shop and she's screaming and then she goes back to stoic and she's screaming. Yes, yes, or yes. Or when yes. She, when the judge comes in and she's bowing uh, out of the room, which is hilarious. <laughs> she has my favorite um, by the sea. It's the first time that I really understood the song. Was when I saw Emma Thompson do it. Actually, when Annalie Ashford, I'm gonna keep. Ref- I, I think Annalie Ashford's fucking killing it as Mrs. Lovett. It's so good. Um, Annalie Ashford's Mrs. Uh, by the Sea is equally as amazing. Interesting. Yeah, I, it's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a more complex song than than I ever really understood. I really thought about. Yeah, because it's a daydream. It's a, a daydream, but I, I. She, and actually, I noticed something today in the script um, when, when she said, "When she says, because um, Mrs. Lovett provides, she she she's creating her reality by 
providing for Sweeney. So when Sweeney comes back, he says, I've hopes about having a loving wife and child. And, I'm, and, and then Mrs. Lovett, in a weird way, provides that. She provides Toby and she's trying she's to present spent. herself. So she's presenting this life to him that they could have. It's a little muddier than he wanted it, but it, it, it's what she has. It's, it's kind of sweet on her end. Uh, if, you, the, if you think about it, it's not Lucy and Joanna. It's um, not Lucy and Joanna, but it's but it's still a child and, and a wife. Also, Joanna, the song in this uh-huh. doesn't. It it doesn't feel as creepy as in the movie, but it's still a little creepy. Oh, because there are teenagers in the movie. That's why. Well, not There's... that because it because in this in this production and at least in the stage production, I'm going to be so bold and say, I feel a lot of time has passed in the movie. It feels like it's a week and a half. Like I, I can, Oh, I, I see what you mean. I feel it is a week. Is... No, it is because, because, um, okay. So the first act happens in a week before the week is out. Actually it happens in a couple of days. Right. But then because, because two... uh, she, she, she says, uh, when we, the judge comes, she says the judge hasn't come the week is the week isn't even out yet. It's only, it's only, well, they, Mrs. Lovitz, they, the Lovitz change it because sometimes they say Tuesday, sometimes they say Saturday. Yeah, this one was like Friday. Or sometimes they say Friday. They say Friday? I think she said Friday on this one. Okay. It's usually like the weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, I, f- I feel like at least with this, in this production, it felt like a lot more time has passed through overall. Like, that's okay. why I'm saying potentially love it fell in love with him over time and it wasn't instantaneous like when they during um worst pies in london like she i don't think that's i think obviously she knew who he was as soon as she walked she's, in she, uh, she's totally covering up but i don't i don't think she's horny for him at that moment <laughs> i disagree not, or, or not as horny yet for him she's very she crafty you never know though she's very crafty because I uh, kind of like what you said. She's she's uh, crap. What's the word I'm looking for? Covering up. No, uh, she's unreliable. She's an unreliable character. Did I say like, that? Well, because you're talking about how all of her lies. She lies also, all the time. I, I, just because she lies doesn't mean she's unreliable. I feel like she's unreliable to the audience because, like, she oh. she doesn't really let you in. She uh, she's I mean. People are messy, <laughs> and she's people are messy. Um, and out of everyone in this whole show, I feel like she's the most complex one. She, uh, the Beatle. Oh, the Beatle. The well, Beatle. The Beatle is the Beatle's actually the catalyst for all the drama in Sweeney Todd. Because he's the one who steals the wife. He steals Lucy. Yeah. It, um, it's interesting because because thematically it, it's it's in the score. Because the the words that he the theme that he gives they feeds the judge, the judge repeats thematically. It's interesting. So that 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 tells a story of like, oh, judge the, the judge the, the beetle is the is is actually in the same way that the Beatle influences the judge is the same way that Mrs. Lovett influences uh, Sweeney, which is why I believe that the Beatle and Mrs. Lovett have history. I think that, that she learned the things that she knows from the Beatle, which is why I say she knows 
far too much about what happens at the party. Okay. Okay, I think you've uncovered. So there, is that in, there, is that in your Bible? Is that in the Bible? It's not in my. It's not in my Bible. This is just my observation of what is of what happens because because there it's a it's it's his, there's history. Some stuff has happened before, and I think that Mrs. Lovett and the Beetle have some sort of deal. In this production, I don't remember, but do they ever cross paths? Yes, the Beetle and the, the Beetle Mrs. Lovett have oh, a har- right. harmonium scene. And that's mostly, and that's mostly where I'm, I'm, I'm pulling my, my, my thoughts from because they only do cross over that one time. So we get to see, well, they cross over a little bit um, during the contest. During the contest, yeah. Um, But he doesn't. He's not talking to her. He only talks to Sweeney. So I feel like I feel like you can easily. Oh, Jason, you need to direct, and we got to get Audra (laughs) as Lava. Let's get Audra to do it. (laughs) Because. Because you got we you got to shut up now. Like this is <laughs> we, yeah, we 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 can't we, we can't we can't we have to sell this. We can't we can't give it away for free. We can't yeah no well we, we are but you, but nobody's gonna <laughs> listen to it. So you're fine. But uh, you got to You got to do it. I, what's interesting too about this show's history is that even though, um, like I said, Andrew Lloyd Webber did his horror musical based off of like this. His uh, Phantom had like the long run, the longevity of it, 35 mm-hmm. years on Broadway. Yeah. Jesus. But I feel like Sweeney is revived everywhere. Like there's Yeah, it's done it's done a lot. It's done regionally. In, in the last in the twenty first century, there was on the Wikipedia page, in two thousand two there was the one at Kennedy Center. There was the second Broadway revival in 2005. There oh, wow. was uh, the third West End revival in 2012. There okay. was the off-Broadway revival in 2017, the, which the, I believe was the Pie Shop one. Yeah, that was the immersive one. Yes. Yeah. And then there was the there's the third Broadway revival that happened in 2012. So it's, I, I so, really hope you get to see it. See it, see it soon. I'll, I'll try. We'll see. Okay, if you can, if you can, I, I think I think that you'll enjoy it, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, <clears throat> actually, in in this um, in the Tommy Kale production, the the chimes are aggressively miked, um, which I love, and it's the you first mean time when I ever somebody dies. No, the chimes. Well, for for um, my friends, uh... Uh, you will drip rubies, precious rubies. The the chimes are. I was listening. I was listening for. In this, actually, I meant to pull the score out. I wanted to look at it. I've been meaning to pull the score out for a while. I left my iPad at the in Lincoln Center. You're failing. Um, You're failing. Wait, hold so on. Hard. I might. I might hold on. I might have. Hold on, hold on. You didn't have your notes. You didn't have the score. I'm a mess. You're such a mess. I don't have. I don't have it. I have it on my iPad. Um, but the chimes are irregularly timed in such an interesting way um and they do it it's done it's done here but not as aggressively uh in this production but when you see it i, I want you to i want you to to, to tell me okay. what you think okay. um because it made me feel that it means something that chimes and that chi- the chimes and the and the the horns well we know the horns mean mean, mean death and and stuff like that but i i never considered the chimes so Another person in this, where I think he was becoming an, a, a household name at this time, is Christian Borle. We didn't. I want to. Yeah, he was at my he notes. somebody. He he had a Tony. 
by this point, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. 2014? He was Gentleman's Guide? No, he's not Gentleman's Guide. Um, What did he win in 24? Does he have two Tonys? I think though. I think it's. I I remember being like, "Oh my god!" I think Christian is trying to trying to. Uh, um, this uh, is get, get even with Sutton Foster. This is after Smash, or during Smash, and he was in okay. that, and so people. So he was becoming more of a household name, not just a okay. Broadway name at this time. Okay. Okay. Um, and he was having so much fun as Pirelli, like he was so flamboyant and everything. Yeah. I didn't flat this, but I do want to talk about his Irish accent. He's doing it's it's more of a northern Irish accent. But there's more, moments he's, he's he's more he's more um um there's moments he's where not because I think I think we think of Dublin as the quintessential Irish accent, but he was doing more of a um oh where is that? I just Belfast. met someone from that. Belfast, yes, thank you. I just met I just met a guy from Belfast, and I couldn't clock his accent. And he, t- I, I, I kept listening, and I, I heard this. I'm like, oh, he's doing, he's doing more of that than than the other. Well, so because I pointed this out, so we, uh, I've done the movie twice on here. We did the first chance and the second chance. And during the second chance, I pointed out that Pirelli's little cape that he drapes around the person, his his person during the contest, yeah. I can't tell if it's because it is the coloring of it, because, you know, Tim Burton uses those filters and everything. Yeah. But it looked like it's the Irish flag. I think it was supposed to be the Italian flag, but. uh, Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Did they do it in this production? No, no, no. So in this, in this production, it was. It was um, gold, right? No, I think it was just black. Okay. I think it was uh, black with gold with gold inside. Maybe I feel like Pirelli. Uh, Pirelli is an interesting character because he's only in Act One, and then he comes mm-hmm. back at the end for the the, last the, the, tri- the trio. Yeah, so it was nice to see him. <laughs> yeah. He did a great job. Yeah. Uh, one last question before we get into stripe and flat, yeah. Jason. If you were yeah. ever in a production of, I, I don't get to ask this question really anymore, and I keep forgetting to. But if you were in a production <laughs> of Sweeney Todd. And you had your choice of who you'd want to play. Who do you want to play? Ooh. Ooh. Anyone. I think I go between Sweeney and the judge. I'm more, I'm much more of a judge than I am a Sweeney. Um, but but I would what love do the, you want to play? I think I want to play the judge. Okay. Yeah. U- ultra to, villains are my, are my fave. I want to do Love It. Of course you would. Of course you would. Yes. <laughs> Insanity. Ha. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about though before we get into sharp and flat? No, let's go let's go into it. Let's do it. Sharp flat. So in this section we're going to Highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp, and if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. Um, let's start with flats because mine, mine are like, okay, you're going to hear mine. You ready for mine? These are mine. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Well, first of all, Toby's wig. (laughs) Didn't fucking like that at all. (laughs) I I was like, that's a wig. (laughs) Wait, you mean, you mean the, the, the head, the, um, the the scar, scar. 
The scar yeah. is interesting, yeah. although I wasn't sure if they actually shaved that kid's head or not. But no, that that was that was also a wig. That was a that whole piece was a wig. Yeah. I thought that was. I was like, either they shaved it or it's like a prosthetic. No, that was that was a piece. That was that was that was a wig. That was a piece. Interesting. No, I'm talking about the the long hair. Yeah, I mean, I think it's supposed to be a little a little showy. But I was like, because least... we know we we know people you know the show really well. We know that it's fake. So a, I think she if you had go... a bang. She had a bang. She had a big a old bang. Flip. It was a lot. I was like, who do you think you are, Marlon? She was giving you. She was giving you cunt. That wig was giving you full cunt. <laughs> City on fire! <laughs> that was that was the fir- that was the first brick thrown at the disco album. Come on. <laughs> um, I also I'm uh, so this is has nothing to do with the performance itself. This has to do with the airing of it. I'm flatting Ooh. censoring the word shit. They say it twice, oh, and there's a look, big old oh, wait. But that's in because we watched the one with the Chinese. Um, um, I watched it on I watched it on YouTube, so clearly yeah, me too. somebody. I, ripped I don't it. remember it being bleeped when I watched it on PBS. Okay, so, but like I'm like it's shit, and and I also wrote him in here. Don't get on your soapbox because I have a whole soapbox about censoring. You know, bad words, quote unquote. I lo- I see like, them all the time. Yeah, so they're just they're, we're putting too much emphasis on them. Yeah. Um, I'm going. I'm also flatting. Mm. Philip Quast's opening look, so he played the judge. Because okay. when he came out with all of them lined up in their concert attire, I was like, "That he's wearing a little something too periody." Like, I uh, wish they they changed it. Like, he had a different tie or okay. something because okay. it it looked. It I was like, "You stick out like a sore thumb here. Uh, like, you're not modern enough. You're little." Of the period. Um, <laughs> and then my last flat is for the handprints on the costumes. I get it. We're doing handprints. Handprints everywhere. They're projecting the handprint. Mm-hmm. Uh, when somebody dies, uh, it's a handprint on their face. I don't think we needed handprints on the ensemble's costumes, personally. Okay. But I could also understand it if like, the designer was trying to be like... Uh, Sweeney's murders affect more than they think about it, but I got a little too cerebral there. So I don't, I don't, I don't think, yeah, I don't know if it goes that far. No, so I'm giving it too much credit, but I did. It was just weird to all of a sudden see like a patch of a handprint on somebody, and I'm like, that you sewed that on, costume okay. designer. <laughs> uh, did you fast did, work? Uh, did you have uh, – and that's it for my flats. The only flat that I may have, and it really doesn't bother me because the acting was so phenomenal, is I wasn't crazy about Emma singing. Um, yeah. But the, but the acting is so phenomenal, it, 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 I really look past it. You see, I, I mean, she has sung. I feel like I've done another yeah, she movie. Did, she, didn't, she, she do, uh, didn't she do Beauty and the Beast? She was in Beauty and the Beast. I haven't covered that one yet. So she can sing. I just feel like, I feel like maybe she focused a little too much on the acting. But like, that's I'm fine, fine with that because she did the work. I mean, I I actually saw what she was. I mean, you shouldn't see the work, but like, I understood where she was going with with the with the work she was doing. Yeah, and and it's a hard hard sing. It's a hard sing. But it's even harder because you have to have a point of view with Mrs. Lovett. 
like if she's not as clear she if she's not as clear as day to you you can't do it you can't be muddy mrs lovett plus lovett has a lot of the patter the sondheim patter yeah. symbol yeah. so, so you the chorus but I mean, to, for yeah, out yeah, of the yeah, named yeah. characters, yeah, she's, yeah, 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 yeah. she's the one who's so frantic and very yeah, high yeah. energy. So, yeah. maybe... have you ever heard the recording of um, there's a recording of Mrs. of, of Angela 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 Lansbury, Lansbury? Uh, and Sondheim going through the worst pies in London for the first time, and like them like cracking up over it. Uh, I don't know if I've ever no. had it. If I, if, if I know where it is, I'm sure if you Google it, you can find it. Um, okay, let's get into sharps. All right. So my first sharp is for Audra, duh. duh. And I literally wrote duh in my, <laughs> I, literally, I literally wrote Audra, comma, duh. Um, I sharped Emma Thompson. I, I mean. Yeah, she's wonderful. She's she really like great. spectacular. Uh, I also sharped the opening staging. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, that was so fascinating and so like you, you're not getting what you what you think you're getting it made me wonder if the audience knew potentially no, they, they could they went nuts yeah um i sharped using instruments and other things for other reasons but to play yeah. music and everything i also sharped how they utilize the space Going into the audience, Anthony in the mezzanine. So this is the second live at Lincoln Center we've done, and mm-hmm. that I, I've also seen. And it seems like they have one basic stage for that, where it's like you've got like little runways and the, yeah. the orchestras in there. So I'm not sure if that's I I don't know if that's their thing or if that's Lonnie Price's thing. I think it's an Avery Fisher Hall thing as well. I think it just works well for the because when. Uh, I did a show on that stage. We did something. We did st- staging that's very similar. So it might just be for acoustics and stuff. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I mean, like the fact that there's like it's split up so that there's like four quadrants for the orchestra to yeah. be in, and then there's like that little. You know, it couldn't work you know, any other way. I I think. I don't know. I I don't. But I didn't know if that. Like I said, I didn't know if that was Avery Fisher Hall or if that was Alani Price. Alani like, Price nope. Bring out, bring out my set from Candide. <laughs> also, Lottie Price loves his signs. I realize that in this. He loves a sign. Yeah, he loves, he loves a, a sign. sign. And then my last sharp is for the final sequence. That that whole like, what is it? Twenty minutes of the show. The last yeah. twenty minutes. Yeah. So much. Oh yeah, because you didn't see. Oh, you didn't see that during in the movie. That's new to you. No. Yeah. No, because that. they cut all the chorus stuff in the movie, which I think cut- is the worst idea ever. They cut all the chorus stuff. They cut verses here and there. Yeah. Um, it's it's it, it's nice to finally hear why that song, why the song "Ladies and Their Sensitivities" is called that. Yeah, yeah. Because they had that they they had that by title alone in the movie version, mm-hmm. um, where, like you said, the Beatle introduces that thematic music to yeah, the judge. Yeah. yeah. But there's no reason why it's there. Um, and all the like the different Joannas and the yeah. Kiss me. Kiss me is not in the movie. <laughs> uh what about you? What are your sharps? I'm co-setting on all of yours. You 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 gave all the ones I I I Audra. Love it. 
<clears throat> the orchestra. I mean, the orchestra. I mean, it's Philharmonic. For goodness you know sakes. what? I want to. I want to add another one, and I think you're going to agree with me. I didn't say his name. Bryn Terfel. Bryn Terfel, yeah. Bryn Terfel. Sorry. Yeah, I, that's all right. He did a fantastic job. Yeah, he really did. I thought. I thought he was very effective as a. He's singer. having. He's having fun. I looked up his work. Like it. His Wikipedia page. Okay, whoever's in charge of his Wikipedia page, please fix it. Do <laughs> do his. Have his uh, work listed chronologically, not by composer's last name, please and thank you. He's a, he's, I think he's mostly a Wagnerian singer. I could be wrong. Someone correct me. Um, um, he's, do, because, he's done ev- everyone. Yeah. Uh, but I remember the last time I saw him at the Met was in um, the, the Ring. Um, so he's... He's done a shit ton of Mozart. He's done three different productions of Don Giovanni, it looks like. As who? Um, uh, in 1992, he was Masetto in, um, I don't know, it says 1991 to present. He was Leporello? Leporello, yeah. Leporello. And yeah. then in 1999 to present, he played Don Giovanni. So... You know, you get older, you you age into different roles. Uh, but yeah, he has done a shit ton of <laughs> Wagner. Um, Sondheim is on there because of this production. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The, it's but it's a lot of it's a lot of Wagner, right? It's a lot of Wagner. Yeah, yeah. a lot of Mozart, and then a shit ton of other people. Um, oh, he played Falstaff once. That sounds right. He's done three out of the four ring uh operas okay he hasn't done the go to demerong it looks like is he in it is that character whatever character he does in it i don't remember but okay. he played he's played in dust ryan gold he's played donner in one production and wotan mm-hmm. in another mm-hmm. and then he was wotan in De Valkyrie. wait is sickfield yeah Sick that's Green? the last that's the, yeah Sigfrey, that's also a ring cycle. So then he was the wanderer in that one. Okay. But yeah, he has. I'm so sorry I missed. I, <clears throat> I didn't get to see the entire um, ring cycle this last time I wanted to. I've never seen the, I've only, I've only seen Rheingold. Um, so I, 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 I want to see Kristen, uh, uh, I want to see Christine Gurkha uh, in uh, the, the, the uh, as. Um, Brunhilda? Brunhilda, thank you. Uh, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist from this production? I want to specify. Uh, you know, God, that's good. It's a bop. Yes. I mean, I would, I think I would, if I couldn't find a recording of it, but if there is one, I would listen to all of it. Yeah. I, I The thing I love about Sweeney is, is the, the whole score sings. Like it also also tells a whole story like you can shut you can you you can tune out all the words and like you still kind of get this this beautiful picture uh of this world it's it's glorious would you call this an operetta or is it still a musical sondheim called it a dark operetta that's what that's what he called that's what he called it it is an operetta because it takes it, it definitely is an operetta because it takes place in a world that is a little over the top um i think pirelli is a is a symptom of 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 that um and also Miss Lovett is is a little is over the top as well. Well, because it's not an opera because there is book scenes. That's not really the that's not really the the the, the thing because um 
Mo- a lot of Mozart uh, operas have books, book scenes. Okay. Now we're into um, the weeds of it. Because <laughs> that used to be my, my one defining factor is that like operas, all singing, operetta, book scenes. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, operetta is, is mostly the tone. It's, it's the, it's, it. it's, it's wild. And, and you know, think Gilbert, Gilbert and Sullivan, Candide is an operetta because it's wild. And um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to do another operetta with us? Oh, happy, happily, happily, happily. Um, but on that note, Jason, we did it. Yes, we, we did, did it Sweeney again. Todd. Yes, my favorite, one of my favorite musicals. Oh yeah, this I think finally watching. I'm like I said, I'm happy I watched this first because I got to see like, like I know seeing it live is one thing, but like to yeah. see to like be introduced to the show. I feel like at least uh, I'm with I'm with Audra, I'm with Emma Thompson, <laughs> I'm with Bryn, I'm with you know Christian Borel. There's there's a lot of faces that I know that I'm like okay at least I'm comfortable. Yeah. And then now yeah. I can go see it live somewhere and have go see go see it on Broadway. It's really good. So Jason, what do you have to plug or promote? Oh goodness, I do. Ha- I, I at this point we're recording this. Uh, I'm 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 more more than likely have a show coming up in a month but but well i'll let you know as it gets closer because i want to make sure that it's going to happen oh hi there it's future john here just to let you know that this is actually happening at the time of the recording jason says that he wasn't sure but now it's happening his one-man cabaret is called he carries a torch an evening of torch songs it's happening at green room 42 on february 5th at 7 p.m there is also a live stream option for those of you who are not in new york and want to support jason uh jason says that it is an evening guaranteed to ignite your heart and leave you with a smile so again he carries a torch an evening of torch songs at green room 42 on february 5th at 7 p.m all right, back to the episode. So, so just follow me on socials, and and then you'll 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 find out what's which, gonna happen. Which is what are your uh, handles? Come on, come on, Jason. Jason J A Y S O N L K E R R on Instagram, uh, and you can also find me on Scruff and Growler, and tell me I'm pretty. That's pretty. That's that's. that's... Or call him a whore, like I do. That works too. <laughs> that works too. Um, and if you. I don't, if you have a, another suggestion of a production of Sweeney Todd for me to finally watch, um, you can let me know. Uh, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram. I'm still calling it Twitter because I'm not calling it X. That sounds like a porn site. And TikTok. It is I, a porn site. I mean, it is a porn site. But the <laughs> fact that they call it X makes it now really feel like a porn site. Yes. Um at Buttersong Pod, you can I don't know what else to say. Um oh if you know in Act One, what the fuck is in Emma Thompson's hair? There's that little piece of fabric that's there. Oh, I don't know what I it is. I've noticed. Jason. <laughs> ask her. Ask her. I don't have her number. You ask you text Lonnie Price okay. and be like, what's <laughs> up with this? All right, I'll do it. Um <laughs> And if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about Wonka. Ooh. The new Willy Wonka movie. Um, Jason, thank you so much for coming back on and giving me such a banger of a 
of a thing to watch. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. I'm still not calling. I don't want to call it a concert. I still think this is actually like an actual production. Like, God bless. God bless. I I feel like they could take this on the road. Produce it. Get Audra her twentieth Tony. <laughs> It'll happen in our lifetime. Oh fuck yes! Can't wait for that. <laughs> Everyone, thank you for listening, and bye for now. Bye. Special thanks to Aaron Troy for creating the pods artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles. A huge thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. And thank you again for tuning in to today's episode of Life's But a Song. Bye for now, everyone, and have a musical day. <laughs>